Welcome to another episode of Marcus Aurelius's Meditations for Modern Life. I'm your host, Adam Bates, and we are delving into passage two from book three. Um, before I read the passage, which is quite a wonderful one, um, some great things for me to touch on. I just want to say thank you once more for everyone who is valuing this show. I am receiving some bloody amazing messages on social media, particularly from you guys, um, like just letting me know how it's affected your life. And trust me, that is what I live for. Um, I can't express like how much that means to me. Um, it, you know, I started this because I love it. Um, I love talking about this stuff, but ultimately, you know, I come from like a background of fitness before sort of being obsessed with um, philosophy and psychology. But even before that obsession really grew um, with these topics, I lived my life and did what I did because I love making people happy and improving lives. And that ultimately is a result of the experiences I've been through in my own past. So going into some stoicism for you there, it's actually a result of the challenges and what at the time would have been perceived as painful experiences in my own life that led me on this wonderful course. And the blessing that's come out of them is the desire and also therefore the obsession with the knowledge in the, you know, philosophy, psychology, effectively the human mind and body in, in ways that I can then use that knowledge to improve the lives of others. So to hear the effect it is having, guys, is friggin' amazing. Thank you so much. And now I shall get on with the passage. So this is book three, passage two. We should also attend to things like these, observing that even the incidental effects of the processes of nature have their own charm and attraction. Take the baking of bread, the loaf splits open here and there, and those very cracks, in one way a failure of the baker's profession, somehow catch the eye and give a particular stimulus to our appetites. Figs likewise burst open at full maturity, and in olives ripened on the tree, the very proximity of decay lends a special beauty to the fruits. Similarly, the ears of corn nodding down to the ground, the lion's puckered brow, the foaming gush from the boar's mouth, and much else besides. Looked at in isolation, these things are far from lovely, but their consequence on the processes of nature enhance them and gives them attraction. So any man with a feeling and deeper insight for the workings of the whole will find pleasure in almost every aspect of their disposition, including the incidental consequences. Such a man will take no less delight in the living snarl of wild animals than in the imitative representations of painters and sculptures. He will see a kind of bloom and fresh beauty in an old woman or an old man, and he will be able to look with sober eyes on the seductive charm of his own slave boys. Not all can share this conviction. Only one who has developed a genuine affinity for nature and her works. For him, there will be many such perceptions. Oh, do I love this passage. <laughs> um, 
I want to take a approach with this one that we can give you guys some some new stuff really um, because uh, the, the general concepts that Marcus is touching on can relate to a lot of things that I've I've covered before. Um, the main kind of principles are that everything in nature is needed as is to fit for this greater good. So. I mean, actually, bread's a funny, funny one um, to to kind of use as an example in the context of modern bread. <laughs> um, if you know, if if we look at bread now, it's almost like those perfect, like unbroken, like Hovis. Sorry, I don't want to be derogatory to Hovis or anyone in particular, but you know, the pre-packaged stuff that's almost like just looks too perfect to be bread you know i mean if marcus aurelius was around now and got given one of those kind of loaves he'd kind of be amazed at how perfectly created it is but ultimately is that actually as nice as like the the kind of rustic fresh bread that we can get from the baker directly i don't think so anyway and and the general concept then that i could kind of elaborate on here would would be relating to a lot of things that um we've discussed in previous episodes and that would be the focus more on you know events or things that you may perceive as being bad um actually being vital for benefits or some of the good things that have come you know to you as a result i.e um that that breaking down of a relationship that was needed for you to change your values and to gain the sort of wisdom that you did from working through it that then allowed you to be better at helping others or or better at your work or of course have different values when it came to um, what you looked for in a relationship and a partner going forward and perhaps led to a either of course a development and being completely happy in yourself and on your own um, or the wonderful relationship or marriage that you may may be involved in now but instead I'm going to go quite literal with this one um, much like Marcus has with his examples so let's say at school you got bullied because of your nose probably a very cute nose but it's got that, that little little flat bit maybe on the bottom. Maybe it curls up slightly. And just because it was slightly different, children, we know what, what it's like at school and kids can be horrible to each other. So therefore, just because of that nose, you spent a lot of time in tears, even on your own at home, not um, having all your friends knock at the door or not even wanting to go out and socialise just feeling really down because of that nose that the children your friends are making fun out of you know we take things very seriously and emotionally as kids and it's for that reason actually that the things that do like give us a painful emotional experience when we're young we we kind of bear those scars like later through life however scars perhaps is the wrong word for is it a scar or is it a beauty mark now that void that would have been created as a result of what we would call physical appearance is that not also responsible therefore for the way that you have learned to do your makeup so incredibly well that it highlights your beautiful eyes that people often give you praise and comment on 
Has it not given you the skill to do your hair as wonderfully as you do? So much so that maybe one of those actually led to a career that you love and you're flourishing in. Maybe it's more your dress sense. Maybe the way that you've taken care of your body. That void in that physical appearance when you were younger may well have given you some of the things that you love most about life now. And if I were to use myself as an example, I I could use my nose now actually as well, but I'm not going to because I'm going to go back to something relevant from when I was younger. At school, I was the, the one in the year who broke out with the worst acne, absolute worst. And it kind of meant, yes, I got bullied as a result. Um, it also meant that I couldn't get a girlfriend or the girls that I liked would have no interest. And obviously that's the time where you're having those hormonal changes and those things become important to you. So I had painful experiences from that. You know, I, I had to go to the doctors and have certain, like different treatments and stuff that we're trying and, and, and what have you. Because, you know, as a child or, or you know, a young teenager, that was, that was very, very difficult for me to bear. Um, I didn't understand obviously life the way that I do now. And, you know, the, the people who I had considered friends and stuff, having them sort of make certain remarks and, and what have you was, was painful to me. But when I look back now, I can see that it's that void, that void in, again, physical appearance that actually made that a very high value to me later on in life. And for those of you who, who don't know, I don't know, I've touched on this with certain examples, my, for my obsession in philosophy and psychology, I was obsessed with fitness. I, you know, literally was like the skinny kid who had to work so hard to develop his own physique. It became so important to me and such an obsession. I had to know everything because every single little detail could give me that advantage. You know, it didn't come naturally. It didn't come easy. I had to figure out everything regarding like diet, um, training, doing ev- all the little details right to be able to get the best progress that I could. Okay. And, you know, that, that was my obsession for, for a good 10 years or so. And it led me to the most wonderful life and career because, of course, that knowledge was so highly valued by others that, you know, I, I started online coaching in 2011. Like it didn't exist back then. And it's, it's you know, those body transformation stuff. And I'm sure some of you may have already looked at my social media and perhaps think, hang on a minute. He doesn't look like, you know, I, I'd expect the philosopher or psychologist to look. And, you know, I still obviously do a lot of fitness stuff. I love that as well. Um, go, you know, as Plato says, it's the balance between, um, you know, training your mind and training your body that actually helps you to um, achieve the greatest uh, success in each, if you like. Um, you know, if you only focus on your mind and neglect your body, then you will not have um, the same kind of like thought process, mind capability, etc., as you would do if you were fit and healthy as well. 
So they do kind of link together. Um, I then went through some experiences in life that did change my sort of values. And that kind of changed from wanting to see the best sort of photos after photos from my clients to just wanting to make them happy and realizing that what I could do with their physiques was a huge tool for that. And then it's quite a beautiful natural path then, of course, that I quickly realized, hang on, there's way more ways I can help make people happy than actually just changing their body. And psychology, philosophy become obsessions through the result of other events. But ultimately, the reason I'm saying all this is it's that void in physical appearance when I was younger and the emotional context that I held to that, so associating it with not being able to get a girlfriend, associating it with the opposite of being popular and those kind of things that made the value of physical appearance to myself that I had, um, you know, later on when I realized I could use that to my advantage. You know, I, I have no doubts that after when you first start like weight training and stuff and doing this, yes, I loved it. But of course, when you're receiving positive comments and then you're getting that attention um, from girls and stuff that I had missed when I was younger. And when I say missed, I mean, it was emotional. It you know, bared a, like sort of painful emotional context to me at that time. That was all the reason that I valued that stuff, I guess, like later on in life. You know, I, there was, I, I could have got into any sport. I could have done anything to keep myself fit, fit and healthy, but it seemed for whatever reason, it was that fascination with weight training and developing my body. And, you know, it's now, of course, I can look back and see, ah, that makes perfect sense. I went through that void in earlier life, which gave me the blessing of the physique that I had in later life. So therefore, those spots that I had back then, like the other example of the nose, are those not beautiful too? Because without those, the things that others, you know, may superficially perceive as beautiful would not have happened. And it's so therefore, it's those parts of nature that are beautiful as well. Because we can't have one without the other. Guys, I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Please think about this in context to your own life because we all have those things, don't we? You know, whether it's, I don't like my hips, um, nose, teeth, um, stomach, whatever it is, we all have those things in life. And, you know, one one thing, of course, that we don't sort of understand or know at, at that kind of age when we're being bullied at school is also that any time people are judging you they're actually judging themselves and this is just a little little bit of extra gold for you um for example if i receive like negative comments on photos and stuff now it may be something like um oh he's got no calves or it may be something about my teeth or nose now ultimately if that does happen consider why because we don't necessarily walk down the street and you know someone we would clearly perceive as below us and not that we should ever do that but i don't know say we we walk past someone who's having a rough time they're sleeping on the streets and obviously their appearance isn't important to them are we likely to pick out and criticize their nose or something you know just a one thing in, in isolation that way 
It just doesn't really happen, does it? So when you have those kind of comments that I'm referring to, you know, relative to myself, it would be because they're judging themselves against you. They've put you on a pedestal, so they're perceiving you as being above them and are therefore going to try to make themselves feel better by balancing the perception they have between themselves and you. So by trying to bring you down, they're perceiving themselves as being slightly higher or not so far below you. Now, this is subconscious. So, yeah, it's, I, I'm not sort of going to say this and think people sit there and think, oh, that person looks amazing. They're way better than me. I need to bring them down to make me feel better. But so subconsciously, that's actually what's happening. Um, so people may jump on and think, ah, he's got no calves and be like, you know, where's your calves and blah, blah, blah. And ultimately they're doing that because they're, they're seeing, they want the abs. They, they want that confidence, the energy that's coming through in the picture. They might have seen praise from others and it's something for whatever reason that they're not guessing themselves in other areas and really wanted some of that. You know, but they've just not been able to either affect people's lives that way, or even if it's the physique, maybe they've not been able to get those kind of results that you have. And therefore, subconsciously, again, they're trying to make themselves feel better. Because if it's not important to us, we just keep scrolling, don't we? Think about that, guys, because we all receive negative comments on social media. So it's worth remembering. And just remember, the parts of you... Hopefully you don't now, but the parts of you that you resented in the past are also beautiful because it's the whole that makes you beautiful. Thank you everybody for listening. Please do share and keep the reviews, ratings coming in and help this show keep growing and touching more lives. Please do as well. Send me messages. Feel free to, like I said earlier, it really, really means the world to me to know how much this show is impacting lives. And not just this show. Um, as I'm sure you probably know by now, I have started um, another podcast of similar vein with friend Jamie Keeling uh, called Stoicism for Modern Life, where we actually cover um, philosophers all the way from Socrates right up to Marcus Aurelius. So it's not just restricted like this one to Marcus, but there's some gold in there from other great philosophers as well. And again, that's called Stoicism for Modern Life. And you will see the link below in the episode notes. Thank you, everyone. And until next time, goodbye.